You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the Connoisseur French Thompson. Thank you all for tuning in today. It's been uh, a lovely ride here as we're into our second season of uh, All Things Fine and Gentry. And, um, you know, we're just going to dive right into it. Number one, if you are, uh, this is your first time connecting with us, please like, subscribe, um, comment, rate, review, give us your feedback on what you think and how things, uh, how this resonated with you. Share with your friends, let other people uh, hear the thoughtful content, as the intro said, uh, that we're having here. And, um, you know, hopefully this won't be a, a first time for you. And to our folks that are um, uh, our returning folks, I think I want to call you all the connoisseurs. So to the connoisseurs, welcome back to another episode uh, I appreciate that you are a, a connoisseur of, of good thought, right? Of thoughtful content, of uh, of fun, of you know, challenging words, some things to push us further, further, and and all those items. So uh, we're we're going to dig right into it. So you all know that um, I, I I have some people in my life that uh, really um, have have helped me um, down this path of saying, hey, we need to. This would be a good recording. This would be a good podcast. This would be something that's a, a good conversation. Uh, and and so, so often in my life, I have people that I've been able to connect with, be exposed to. And before you know it, you're two hours into a conversation that started with uh, getting gas at the gas station. And so today I'm introducing to you all uh, a good friend of mine and, and somebody that will be a recurring guest on the podcast, Mr. Ralph Emerson. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Awesome. So, um <clears throat> And you all also know if you're a connoisseur of the podcast that I like to label things. So um, Ralph, uh, as we'll dive into his his background here, uh, he 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 he's a well experienced and has a lot of thoughts and comments on things. And so we're going to call his segment on the podcast "Revelations and Explanations" with Ralph. So uh, we're we're excited about that today. And as you saw on the um, on the title of this podcast, we're going to dig into some some tough topics, especially where we are in this country, where we are as a Christian community, uh, et cetera. So we're going to talk about race and religion today. And um, it's going to get tough. It's going to get tight. But, you know, uh, this is what it's about. If we're not having a conversation, then nothing's improving. So um, before we get started, as you all know, I like to let the, the guests kind of introduce themselves, get a little background about who they are, uh, where they're from, um, and then we'll, we'll kind of get into it. So Ralph, kind of tell us your background, where you're from. Uh, how did you get into, um, not necessarily religion, but, but even being from a, a pastoral perspective, uh, and then, um, and we won't get into what you're doing now. Cause we're gonna talk about that a little bit later, but it's kind of, tell us, okay. about, introduce us to who you are. Uh, all right. What's up? Uh, first, thanks for uh, having me on the podcast. Um, I appreciate the opportunity. I am one of the connoisseurs, so <laughs> good to go from listener to, uh, to speaker. There it is. Um, but I'm Cali born, Texas raised. So I was born in, well, technically born in Bellflower, living in Cerritos, just the suburbs of LA. Wow. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know. Did, did you and Robert know each other before? Texas? We did not. Wow. So it's one of the bonding moments for us <laughs> when I met him. Uh, I met him in Texas and then we just started talking and I'm like, oh, okay, you from Long Beach. Well, I'm from LA. So, yeah. That's what's uh, up. <laughs> yeah. My dad was the uh, director of parks and recreation for the city of Compton. 
So <laughs> Y'all said the way he said that? We live out. Why, why, why'd you have to say it like that? You, <laughs> yeah, that's your street cred? See, they're calm, then. Yeah. I'm just... <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I basically grew up here. Went to high school here, middle school, high school, all of that here. Got it. Uh, I am a Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University graduate. Fam, you, fam, you in the building. Um, and uh, after that, man, I actually thought I was gonna be the next Kobe Bryant. So I broke my ankle. So I broke my ankle in high school, Dang. and then yeah, uh, then I uh, announced my calling to preach. Mm. Uh, end of my senior year, which is a bummer because I want to go to college and turn up. So that's a little. <laughs> It's a little awkward. Especially um, going to fam. Especially going to fam. And that was a struggle for me mm. uh, for, a, for a minute. But I met one of my greatest mentors there. Mm. Uh, so God knew what he was doing. That's real. So I even still fought it, though. I, th- I thought I could be a preacher and like a businessman. Mm. So I actually was on a five-year MBA track. Yep. Yep. I did the internship with Johnson & John. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I want to be that guy. You know, and uh, it didn't didn't work out that way. <laughs> God has different plans. Right? God has different plans, man. So I actually came home and started serving my dad. Uh, and the rest is history, man. I've been pre- I would have been preaching twenty years this year. Wow! So this year will make twenty years. Wow! Uh, my dad's been a senior pastor since nineteen ninety. So I say I've been working for the church since nineteen ninety, man. That's just that's just kind of been my life. But uh, happily married. Yeah. Uh, almost a dozen years. Two great kids. One one that's about to go to the league, right? Pretty much. <laughs> we we're at man when I when we finish today, um, uh, we're actually going to take a Morris College visit. So nice. We're heading up there later on today. Yep. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. So so I mean, you you already talked about your um, experience in in, uh, in 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 pastoring and preaching and everything like that, right? So we've already established that uh, you know you are a uh, a foremost expert on this topic. And so, you know, one of the things, um, and I think off jump, right. That you, you, you have, uh, been a part of, uh, been in leadership, been on the platform and led multicultural churches, essentially correct. As long as I've known you, right. Which is over almost eight years now. Right. And so, uh, even before that, so you've been around call it, uh, racial diversity in, in religion. Right. And, um, you know, why? Let's start with it. Why is race such a a hot and disputed topic in in religion, right? In Christianity, let's talk about that, right? We're really talking about Christianity here, but why? Why is that such a a, a problem? So, um, I think that race is a hot button issue in American Christianity. Mm, that's good. That's good. I don't think it's so much of an issue in global Christianity. You don't have Chinese believers arguing with African believers. Mm, that's good. They're they're so busy trying to survive from being Christian alone. Mm. They don't have time to concern themselves with the ethnocentricity of people. Yeah. We, we're all believers. We're fighting to stay alive because we love Jesus. America, because it was built uh, in a very malicious way, right. using Christianity. It has now conditioned us to have to unravel Mm. and deal with the plight of people who look different than each other and how the gospel addresses it. So when you're talking about religion overall, let's not even just use Christianity, right? You're looking at religion overall. The big issue is we associate religion with certain ethnicities. Oh, wow. That's real. Okay. That's real, right? So if you're Muslim, you think Middle Eastern, North African. Yep. 
right? If you're Jewish, you probably think, even though you should think Middle Eastern, North African, you may think European if you're Jewish, right? Yeah. If you're if you're Buddhist, you're thinking Asian. You you although even in Asia, you have a, one of the largest population of Muslims. Exactly. Yeah, that's real. Now the problem is though, Christianity is the one religion that is not indigenous. Is revelatory. Ooh. <laughs> okay. It, it it is not indigenous to a specific group of people. Mm. It is revelatory to all groups of people. I will make if I be lifted up, I will draw all oh, men man. unto me. That's real. So it's it's revelatory. Well, the problem is, if we be honest, when you get to America there have been a populace of people who have tried to make Christianity theirs. Mm. And if you do not assimilate into the identity by which they feel you should be, now we have a problem. So, so, you know, if, if you think back to where uh, American, the founding fathers of America, right, came from Europe, where Europeans use religion as a part of, be it manifest destiny, right? Mm-hmm. Or really just go, Christianity as part of manifest destiny out here, part of the crusades, right? All of these things of in the name of Jesus, we will conquer, right? right. And then you essentially take that on to America, right? To where it's like, now we're going to conquer this land. This is our, you know, the last parts of the globe to conquer. I mean, that just makes, it makes sense, right? And then I'm going to uh, force this on you, but it, but because I am the conqueror, then you must assimilate to to me. And I mean, that's 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 real. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes. So it, w- with that background, right, with that okay. kind of historical perspective. Um, as you have been in multicultural environments, um, where have you seen it done? Or now where, how have you seen it done well for as far as an integration of, I don't call it racial equity, but integration of race into Christianity versus, I mean, I'll be honest, the way I grew up, I grew up AME, African Methodist Episcopal, right? Specifically a church created or denomination created because there wasn't a place for black people in the Methodist church, right? Um, so I get kind of your thoughts on that as far as how, you've seen the integration go well. And then we're really just going to dive into essentially the the issue is how it's gone poorly. So, so yeah. Um, so quickly, I mean, I'm overly exposed. My, my dad is Baptist. My mom was church of God in Christ. Mm. My mentor was United Methodist. Wow. Who then planted a non-denominational church. Right. My leadership coach was then a white guy who was a part of a non-denominational church who then sent me to an area where it was a multicultural. And when I say multicultural, I also mean multi-ethnic. So about 30 nations represented. Mm. So where I see it done well, where I've seen some things done well, whether from my platform or relationships that I or platforms I've had relationships with Mm -hmm. is intentional cultural understanding. That's good. Because, like as I said, Christianity is revelatory. So I believe what you believe, but I express it differently. That's good. And so what we would do, uh, what I have had the privilege of being a part of and witnessing is certain international Sundays to talk about your coming to faith experience, how Christianity was expressed in the culture you came out of, mm. 
as well as dealing with your immigration, right, to a Western American culture, and then how that Christianity affects you. And we would have those, and we would have conversations that we would call the table. We would sit mm. around a table and we would sit with the guy from Kenya and Nigeria and France and Cuba and the Dominican and Spain. And let's talk about why these things, and where I had learned some very troubling mm. and even triumphant things about people who, man, especially those who, the, the, the difference between people who found Jesus, I guess I shouldn't say it that way, Jesus found us, right. but I guess people who, <laughs> people who came to Christ, rather, mm-hmm. pre-being American versus those who came to Christ in America mm. is so different. In, in, in what way? So, like, just give an example of what you see from an American salvation experience versus an international one, if you can kind of just think of one, yeah. Um, so uh, I hear a lot of freedom attached to an international experience, mm. a lot of liberation, a lot of freedom in expression, freedom in rescue, mm. where, they, where I had a friend from Liberia who grew up in those Liberian wars, who was an escapee wow. to America, who literally had a father who was Muslim, who said he would walk out of a tent. And there was the Muslims to the right and the Christians to the left. And it was the, the believers in Jesus who fed him, clothed him. Wow. Okay, so his understanding is Jesus loves everybody. He sets the captives free. He Mm. they're not thinking I'm going to go here early. They're not thinking legalistic rules. They're not thinking abortion. They're not thinking same sex marriage. They're not thinking those kind of moral compass American Christianity issues. They're just like there was this deity that saw me in oppression and pulled me out of it Mm. where I I see a lot of us in American Christian. You know, we grow up. You grew up AME. My mom grew up in a your skirt and your pants right. and how you talk. Yeah, come on. It, it, it's rule. You know, that becomes, yeah. it rule, that becomes Christianity for us. So then I meet this guy who's just free, just living like, well, I love Jesus like you love Jesus. And this judgment comes now like, man, why are you so concerned about these things? And I'm like, well, why are you not? Wow. I mean, that's. And yeah. so it was a big deal to just sit at the table though and just understand Man, that he's he loves Jesus. It's just expressed differently. Yeah, and just learning to appreciate his culture and his expression versus in um, in American Christianity salvation story. It's more of of what 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 do you see that experience to be of you know more of I guess rule following or what? I think it's a conformity to a Americanized or Westernized system of beliefs. <laughs> Yeah, we're, 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 I'm just being honest. No, no, it's right? good. So, so for, for those that are on here, yeah, we're you know, I y'all know that most of my uh, remote interviews are done via Zoom. So I'm just shaking my head. That's why I kind of laughed here because when you when you take a step back and you start thinking about it, right? It is. It's it's conformity versus freedom, which is it crazy is. because that's not that's not the gospel, right? It's not. It's not. <laughs> And freedom is a sense of identity, right? So freedom isn't isn't an it is not an escape from rules. Mm. It is knowing who I am in Christ so much. I don't know. I don't even want to touch that because that's Daddy. Because mm. Daddy said, "Don't do it." Mm. So I don't want. I don't have to be legalized or politicized or whatever into something because Christ has set me free so much. I just want to love Him the way He wants it to take place. And I just think in America, we have created. 30 second story. There was a a young lady I met. She is of Mexican descent. Mm -hmm. She talks about how her family immigrated here 
and how she talked about her and her husband had this conversation with us where she said her family began to renounce their Mexican heritage. What? And, and to assimilate to being Caucasian because they were trying to avoid rejection and oppression, even in their Christianity. Mm. So when they would go to church, they would want to look, dress, talk, sound, worship in a, an American, well, I keep saying American, but I'm an American yeah. in a European American sense yeah. because they felt like there was privileges and rewards attached to that assimilation than rather just being their Spanish speaking heritage, having selves. We are, you know, when you try to plan a podcast, you got some questions and thoughts that you have in there. <laughs> and this is, it's, this is down the line, but now I'm going on a different piece. Okay. How do you the bastardization of okay. the gospel? Right. So the fact that you know a person like that would feel that I have to assimilate so much to be accepted, right? How does that how does one those responsible, right? Because even in the Bible it says those that are responsible are going to be held in, in, you know, to judgment that much more. How do they reconcile that? Right. Um, how, mm. how do you uh, justify, um, you know, this, this type of um, pressure on people who, who feel that for me to be more accepted, that I must be this way. Right. I mean, and, and I think even in, 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 in some denominations, even in the black church, there has been mm -hmm. some of this, right? I mean, this isn't mm -hmm. a, a let's point a finger at white people, right? Or Caucasian. It's definitely not. I mean, because you look at denominationalism, Baptist, Kojic, uh, AME, others, right? There is this, I don't call it pomp and circumstance, but there is this, this uh, <laughs> I'll call it the AME <laughs> church. We specifically had a book called The Doctrine and Discipline of the AME Church, Right which is the, the rule book by which Correct. the way things need to be followed. Right. And it's right. Which is a good, good manual. Hey, if something is happening, what do I do? We'll look in the doctrine and discipline, but there's a, another, um, hierarchical, you know, pressure that is placed on top of it when you have those types of things. And it just seems oppressive versus freeing. I don't know if you can justify it. Mm. Obviously you can't, obviously you can't justify it. Yeah. They're, the reasoning behind how it's justified baffles me, though. I yeah. Think. Okay. Um, I think on one hand, we got to call a spade a spade. So right. on one hand, I think it's some of it is racism or classism, right. even um, in that sense where I just that's really what I'm doing. I'm just trying to make you understand you'll never be me. Mm. I'm, I am the called out set apart one. You need to strive to be as close to this as possible in order to receive some level of. Yeah, it is, it is the whole. Oh, here we go. It is the whole. <laughs> it is the whole Jew Gentile misnomer. Yo, that's where I was about to go to because it. it, it I mean, it so, is. So, yeah. So so I mean, I've seen a lot of call it non-denominational churches, even ones that are very big that that will. Yes. Will focus themselves on this connection to Judaism as to in my way, in my view, it appears to say, hey, we are we are the chosen people, right? We are the true descendants per se, and which then mm -hmm. creates even this bigger piece. So, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 <laughs> no, you're right. I, I don't know. I think the other part, I'm going to be honest here. I, and I say this black, white, brown, right. red and yellow, black and white. 
Unfortunately, I think in 2021, conditioning is the issue. Mm. I don't even think some people know why they do what they do other than they're just so used to seeing it done a certain way. That's good. It, it is the whole, it is the whole, you know, let me go to my grandmama, you know, the whole, you put the ham in the pot, cut the end off mm. and it passes down for generations. So you find out just, she had a, a pot that was too small. Right. I didn't need to cut the end off. Right. And so I do think though, um, there are a large amount of people who have been told, I don't even want to use the word taught because I don't think you can rightly teach this, mm. but who have been told these sets of things should exist. Now, let me be clear. Cause I just said something. I'm not saying we don't honor Jews. Yeah. I'm not saying Jesus was a Jew. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Jesus was not a Christian. Right. Jesus was a Jew. Okay. So, and I, I do believe in the Jew first, but I believe in the Jew first by, uh, not by superiority. That's good. They were just first. Right. Yeah. It's they not were. a hierarchy thing. They were first. Jesus yeah. is a Jew. Uh, they, they got a fuller revelation than what Gentiles would get. So shout out to all my Jewish brothers and sisters. I'm not hating on that. Yeah. I'm just saying there has been some appropriation, mm. some, some theft maybe of, and I think that's an ongoing fight though. We right. see that with some European uh, Christianity. We see that even in some black denominations. Now we see that with Hebrew Israelites. Right. So now everybody is fighting to say I'm Jewish because we have, mm. we have placed this hierarchy and superiority on Israel in a very unbiblical way. Mm. Right. So when Jesus says to the Jew first, he's just saying they got it first. Right. It's, it really was that simple more than no, they're more special and you have to honor them and, well, we should be honoring everybody. I mean, we don't have Romans chapter five, Romans chapter 15 for nothing. That's right. We honor and love everybody. Um, so. All right. So, so I had brought up a, a word, um, reconciliation, right? Because I think okay. um, in, 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 you know, several ways people talk about this reconciliation of race, right? Um, and, you know, should start in the church. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and recently, Tim Ross, which we, we were both familiar with, you know, had a post. Mm-hmm. Where you talked mm-hmm. about, you know, in America, racial reconciliation, rec- racial reconciliation in America, you know, is a misnomer. Right. Because what he pretty much said is reconciliation means coming back to right a previous state. And ultimately, the previous the previous state for race relations in America were not good. Right. Which I think a lot of people felt this make America great again was a big issue. Right. Because it's like back to when. And so, you know, ultimately, <clears throat> you know, he's saying. You know, you, there has to be something to be reconciled to, you know, et cetera. So, so how do you see the church, um, you know, addressing this and not maybe not reconciling, but uh, addressing and improving to to address what we know is an issue? And then after that, I want to dig just into current events and how it's been, you know, a challenge overall. So go ahead. Um, man, that's a that's a. <laughs> First, I will. I'm going to be bold and say I agree with him. Yeah, I agree with him. Uh, you cannot have reconciliation if there was no conciliation. There it is. So, so when you have Corinthians five seventeen and eighteen, be right. So we're new creatures. He's given us this ministry of reconciliation. Well, that exists because in the garden there was conciliation. Yeah, that's good. In the garden, I start out with God. I sin and fall away, and there has been this pursuit until the cross and post of him being after me to be reconciled Mm. where when you look at people of different ethnicities in America, we do have that issue. So when the people say, well, when do we, when was conciliation on Mm. the boat? Well, Mm. it definitely wasn't on the boats. (laughs) You know, 
I, so oh. it's hard. Now, I will say this. I think that what we're going to have to do um, is going to be similar to maybe even what South Africa did. Yeah. I stood, I stood before my church this time last year uh, when I was still the lead pastor there. And I said, this will be the year of rebuilding. Mm. What the Lord showed me mid throughout the year was in order to rebuild, though, you have to tear down everything. Come on. And so what I'm very aware of is South Africa with apartheid when Nelson Mandela was president. One of the things they did was they had this real conversation with people on both sides of the issue. Mm -hmm. And they brought them to the table and said, confess to your war crime, confess, get it all out. And the rule was, if you would tell everything and admit it, they would let you go. Mm. If you lied, they would punish you. So they basically tore down the system, made everybody come to the table and be honest and say, there never has been any conciliation here. Mm. But we need to start rebuilding something that looks more like what this nation should be. The problem with that, because you said it should start in the church, and I'm going to go here, mm. is that we in the church aren't all serving the same Jesus. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. It's just the truth. And so the problem is it's going to be hard to bring even that conciliation or reconciliation wherever you fall to the table in the church because we're not all serving we're not all serving the Middle Eastern, North African son of Mary, yeah. stepson of Joseph. We're not. Yeah. We don't all serve him that way. For some, he's European. For some, he's black. Right. This is not, again, it's not just a white church issue. Right. There are plenty of black churches who are now Jesus. Well, no, Jesus wasn't black either. Right. OK. He was a Middle Eastern, North African brown skinned man. Period. The end. Mm. We don't really know exactly what he looks like, but he wouldn't be American black. Right. As we know it, just like he wouldn't be European or American white the way people as claimed as well. And so the problem is we're serving two different Jesuses and maybe three or four different Jesuses. <laughs> All right. Honest. So so let's 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 dive even deeper into it uh, until okay. you start sweating under the collar. Um, OK, <laughs> so this this past year, 2020 has been tough. Right. Yes. On, on people for all reasons, but mm -hmm. even exacerbated, I will call it by this minute, the outgoing administration. Right. OK. Um, and <clears throat> you know, I believe that this administration has divided the church. Right. Or, or okay. caused even more division than, than what they there, there was, um, even to the point where, you know, prior to everything that happened in 2020 and the storming of the Capitol in 2021 and, right. you know, uh, not agreeing to election results, et cetera. You know, I remember when when Trump got elected. Right. You had large churches essentially, you know, proclaiming him, you know, as the the second coming almost. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, it, it isn't anything new because, I mean, there were Wall Street Journal, New York Times articles written about this. Right. Churches in Texas where the you know African-American populations that were at these majority white churches were like, where do I fit in here? This isn't. This does not reconcile with with my experience. Um, and then I will say that in, in, in several areas, you know, uh, churches have have doubled down on it. And I really want to kind of call it out. Right. Because this is something that I, I before coming to Texas, I never understood the term or saw the term evangelical Christian. Right. It's very new anyway. Yeah. It is fairly new. And so it was like so even having that perception and understanding, like you, you see a lot of these evangelical churches and maybe you can define what that even really means, doubling down on it. Right. To the point that now, even, you know, as of this recording, like you have, you know, some pastors on social media, on their stuff, essentially. 
you know, using the Bible to say that anybody that's against this administration or the outgoing administration is essentially, you know, blasphemous people that need to go to hell. And so, <clears throat> and, and I know you have, you know, I don't call it firsthand, you know, yeah, firsthand experience in dealing with this, this challenge. Mm-hmm. What's your perspective on it? So first kind of, I know I said a lot there, kind of, if you can define what evangelical means and how that came about okay. and then kind of why this even is more of a uh, reckoning come to Jesus moment for even that subset of American Christianity. Okay. So of course, evangelical, when you hear that term, um, if you're a believer and you're listening to this, you probably hear a term you're familiar with evangelize or evangelism. Mm-hmm. So the evangelical church is a church that ascribes to intellect, right? That's where they're basing this from. It's, it's a subset of a conservative church culture mm-hmm. that believes in conservative moral compass values, uh, very strong biblical intellectual teaching mm-hmm. And, and the necessity of evangelism for the sake of the gospel. Okay, that seemed like a lot. But basically, the Bible is what it is here at the end. As they would say, it is infallible, it is inerrant, it is incorruptible, it is, there's no flaw, it is the word of God, and that word of God has these certain moral compasses, and as well, we have a responsibility to go evangelize, to go share okay. the gospel, to go do the missions, to do, that's your evangelical church traditionally. Um, and there have been, it sounds weird, but there are black evangelicals, um, technically, just right. like there are white evangelical. Um, now, because of the more, because of what they believe, and I'm not saying the Bible doesn't believe that. Right. 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 right, right, right. Is, okay. So let me, let's just be clear with it's that. their interpretation. Based, yeah. Right. So based on their interpretation of the scripture and what they believe is important, which I don't, <laughs> I believe it's important. I just believe it's not the only thing that's important, mm-hmm. but we'll get there. So based on what they believe is important, they have attached that belief system to a political narrative mm. that they believe supports what they believe. Mm. Now, let's go deeper because right. I don't want people to think I'm picking sides. <laughs> I have issues with everybody right now. <laughs> right. I have issues. It's fair game with, for all. It's fair game right now. If you are, I have issues with how black and white churches have affiliated themselves with politics. Mm. Not in the sense that we do not speak truth to power or that we do not dissect policy. Right. But our attachment to politicians is a problem to me. In the biblical narrative, we are never attached to a politician. I'm going to prove it. A politician always pursues the church. Wow. I'll give you you two examples. Here's a quick one. Here's the first one. It's Joseph. Joseph is in prison. (laughs) Pharaoh has a dream. Mm. Nobody can interpret the dream. Pharaoh is not out voting. I mean, Joseph is not out voting for Pharaoh. Teach. Pharaoh says, I need somebody to interpret this. And Joseph, who is in such great relationship with Yahweh <laughs> and who has interpreted the dream of the baker and the cupbearer, the cupbearer who's been released says, oh, wait, I know this dude. Mm. This, there's this cat in prison. He can do it. So when he goes, then Pharaoh says, hey, this guy has something we don't have. We need to listen to him. Let's let him run the country. That's good. Same thing with Daniel. Yeah. Same thing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then I'm going to really go a step further and I'm going to step on some toes. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Joseph were not pastors. <laughs> Teach. They were not pastors. So my issue is right now is when do we raise up Joseph? Mm. 
when do we raise up Daniel? When do we raise up Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? I won't call them by their slave names anymore. Yeah, we yeah. don't. Okay. When do we raise these gentlemen and ladies up? That's right. a whole nother fight. Right. But when do we raise them up to be the voices to people who need wisdom in our country so that it begins to look a certain way? Because the gospel was never meant to be politicized. It was just meant to pervade the culture. <laughs> it was just meant for us to share our testimony and see people change. And when I get a change, I, I don't. Okay. When has law ever worked? Prohibition didn't work. Right. People still like. Yep. Yep. We fighting over legalizing weed and everything else now. Legalizing anything has never worked. This is why when Jesus comes, he says, render to Caesar what's Caesar's. Yeah. Render to God what's God's. So we're going to obey the law of the land, sure. But the law of the land would be a lot better when the citizens of the land all believe in the same God. That's good. And that's the church. So my problem, I have a problem with both sides. I have a problem. And it is a stereotype. We know it is not... um, it's a generality. Right, Black right, people right, are right. Demo- Democrats. White people are Republicans. Let's just stick with that for the case of arguing right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for, for, for case in point, let's just say majority of Black Christians are Democrats. Majority of white Christians are Republicans. Again, I'm not saying that's everybody. Right. But look, for the sake of argument, you're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you both, and, and let, me, let me be nicer. Let me be nicer. You're, you're not incorrect, but mm. you are incomplete. Ooh, that's good. So we're, you're not incorrect. You're just incomplete. So what I see from my white Republican conservative or even my black conservative Republican Christians is your concern for life in the womb, your concern for biblical marriage, your concern for the ability to grow wealth and all that. That's great. Mm. But then you also need to care about life after the womb. Right. And the poor and the orphan and the widow and yep. the right. Okay, well, the same thing for my black liberal Democrat or even my white liberal Democrat. You care about uh, the, the classism and the mm. socioeconomic disparities and uh, the food deserts and all that. That's great. And we should. Yeah. But then we should also care about life. And it's a both and thing. Mm. We should care about the life in the womb and the marriage and the relationships and the and the problem is we choose sides and both sides are incomplete. <laughs> when if we would really be the church and say, no, this is what it should look like. Tony Evans says it this way. I will quote him. Tony Evans says, we are not the home team or the away team. We're the referees on the field. Teach. Come on, man. We're on a re- we, we, we answer to another office high in the sky. We don't answer to either one of these general managers. And our problem is we have a lot. So when our candidates, whoever your candidate is, right. to include our current president, yep. whether it was Obama or Bush or Clinton, whoever your candidate was, when they fall, when they fail or when they're frail, mm. well, then now Christianity looks like it's fail. It's frail. Wow. That's because good. we've attached it to a politician. When really, if I'm going to stand in my platform, I can talk policy. This is where the Bible stands on policy because it does address widows, orphans, classism, sexism, marriage, life, murder. Let's talk policy. And then you need to ask yourself, do any of these people even come close to what the Bible says these policies should look like? (laughs) And when we realize they don't, then I think my thing is the millions of Christians in America could rise up and say, man, we could have a whole nother party. We could have a Christian party. They couldn't win the vote without us. But to your point, we don't serve the same God. Same Jesus. Yeah, we don't serve the same God. We don't. We don't. If you if you ask certain conservative circles um, about issues of race and classism, they're going to say you're a Marxist and there's right. ethnic and there's ethnic idolatry in you. Mm. 
if you're gonna if you're gonna bring up um, conservative values to a liberal person, what well, that's your choice. That's my business. That's my well. As a believer, it's not just your business. Mm. It's God's business because you are not your own. Corinthians says, "I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit." So everything about my body is a concern to God. But we don't serve the. All right. So I know people listening like either preach Ralph, right? Or, <laughs> or others are like, okay, now what? You know what I mean? Okay. So, okay. um, so, I mean, we, we, we've, exp- we've exposed it. We've laid it bare, right? We, we put a name to it. We've, uh, explained it a lot more. Where do you see kind of the next steps? Right. I, I, okay. I don't want to say that there's a, we've hit a, um, an inflection point or, you know, a catalytic moment. But the, the more that there's a conversation, I believe that there's more, there's an opportunity to, to talk and, and get somewhere. Right. Um, cause so, for so long it's been hiding, if you want to call it right under whatever right. type of guys it is, um, you know, what next? Right. And, and I think this goes back to where, you know, we talked about in the beginning with your experience with multicultural churches and see these things done well and poorly. Do, do you believe that there is a model, um, and that can be applied at the individual, local, um, you know, level, church level that that can help to one by one start to address and improve this. Right. Because it isn't going to be a silver bullet. Right. It isn't elect. Correct. It doesn't elect Ralph Emerson as your next president. You know what I mean? But right. it, it's, it's please not. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but we're, we're, you know, where's the next step and how do you even see your own? you know, uh, interactions and, and, exp- you know, p- explaining truth uh, to help us get to, get to better, not perfect. Right. But mm-hmm. how do we get better? Um, so, like I said, I think there's still some tearing down left to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, tear down the high places. Yeah. So I think the steps are one holy discontent. Mm. There's got to be a higher level of holy discontent among more believers who realize what I'm seeing does not match what I've read. That's good. What, how I'm living does not match what is in scripture, what has been revealed. Right. Holy discontent. The second thing is um, hard discussions. So I need to, we're going to have to be willing. And I, and I know some people listen to me. I'm tired of talking. I'm tired of explaining myself. I get that. Yeah. I'm being honest. I'm talking to the church right now. Yeah. I'm talking to the church, right? We're going to have to have some hard discussions about who we believe Jesus to be, what we believe the Bible said, and then we're going to have to make a hard decision. Mm. And here's where I'm going to unpack this. Um, I recorded it. I got a lot to this. I won't go into it now per se, but I did say this will be the year of decision. Yeah. This will be the year where a line is drawn in the sand and people will have to decide which Jesus they serve. That's good. So do you serve the legalized, politicized American, not whatever mm-hmm. you serve the black Jesus or do you really want to say, man, I want to serve the God of the Bible. Yeah. And that means I may have to die to some preferences that I have. Mm. I may be enlightened to some things I didn't know. I may have to walk a path I'm not used to, but I'm going to stand on the, we always say this, right? On the right side of history. I'm going to stand on the right side. And I think what's going to happen, and that's why I said, I'm going to be honest, I think there's some tearing down. I think the people who are going to try to keep the high places high, Mm. We're going to have to watch them fall. Oof. And and those of us who are willing to say, no, we serve 
the creator who is in control, we're going to now start having some discussions about what it looks like to represent Christ in the earth. I think there are some churches who are making some really great attempts. Yeah. I do. I'm careful of naming them per Mm -hmm. se, of endorsing them, but there are, I can think of three right now in my mind that I think are making great strides of trying to say, Hey, this is who we are. Yeah. We serve the God of the Bible. And I'm not talking about what people are going to fight over the whole doctrinal theological nuances about what people I'm talking about just being a Christian in this land that does not attach itself to a certain political national affiliation, but just saying, Hey, this is what we believe and we want Christ to be known in the earth. And I think it's going to take some more of those types of churches who are going to be willing to lose some people. Yeah. Right. You're going to have, you may not have, if we ever get back to buildings as usual, you may not be packing out your building anymore. You may not, but we're going to on in this season, we're going to stand on the right side of history and hold on. I'm not gloom and doom in the sense of like everything is dying. I think this is, this is the, the womb for the greatest birth in the church. That's good. Ever. That's good. I think this is the pregnancy pain before the promise of the church. I do. But but pregnancy is real. Yeah. And it takes time. You and I and it takes time. You and I both have wives who had kids. Yeah. The cravings and the pain and the discomfort and the it's real. And I think that's what we're dealing with right now. And so I just think if you're a believer, if you're a leader in your church, you've got to have some hard discussions with your team and your people and saying, where do we stand? Yeah. Where do we align? This is really fresh. I might get canceled for this. But look at the NFL and Colin Kaepernick. Right. I mean, they, right? They hated his guts, and he's all over the NFL screen now. Mm-hmm. Because now they're like, huh, maybe this dude was kind of right about some things. Yeah. So it's just going to be that willingness. Are, are you willing to give up your contract in this season as a believer? To, and it's tough. It is. It is. And, and that, and that you, contract can be so many different things. It can. I mean, you're, you're talking, what are you comfortable with on your job? What are you yep. comfortable with with your circle? Yep. What are you comfortable with and whatever you support, right? You know, be it companies or whatever, these types of things, and being being able to draw that line in the sand. I mean, I'll, <clears throat> I'll be honest, and when I recorded this, when we were recording this episode this morning, uh, somebody at my job, I'm, I'm part of, um, we have a political action committee at my, my company. And uh, I'm on the board of that. And a person had, uh, you know, reached out to me and said, hey, where does where is our company's political action committee standing on the stuff that's happened? And I'm like, well, you know, we have not said anything yet. And they pretty much said, look, if and, th- and this is a, I mean, I'll be honest, this is a, a white middle aged man. And he okay. said, well, if if the company can't make a decision or take action, I will take action in and eliminate my contribution to the pack. Line drawn in the sand. And I think, and I think that's that the same type of, uh, uh, conviction that, that collectively we need and be comfortable with it. Right. Whatever, whatever, um, type of backlash or, you know, looks or thoughts that people may give, you have to be comfortable with that and say, because he literally said, uh, country over my company. Right. And so for us, we have to say, you know, this is Jesus over whatever that denominator is. Exactly. That's right. That's over whatever the denominator is. Yeah. 
That's why I say, I, I, I don't think this is a white versus black. I think we need to all be honest and yeah. say, it's got to be Jesus over my ethnicity. Mm. It's got to be Jesus over my political party. It's got to be Jesus over my country. Yeah. It, it's got to be kingdom first, but kingdom first is going to cost you. It ain't free. It's not free. It's going to cost you. And I think, and I'm saying this as somebody who has been a senior, I just recently walked away from my church and I know somewhere in the future, I could probably end up leading the church again. I get mm-hmm. that. But I'm very aware. I might need another job. Yeah. Too. Because, because it's one or over the other. Jesus over. One or the other. It's got to be Jesus over all of the rest of this stuff. It's got to be Jesus is being tortured, right? Mm. He looks at political affiliations. He is staring Pilate and Caiaphas in the face. And he's like, oh, my kingdom is not of this world. Mm. Like, y'all can do what y'all want to do. I ain't from here anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, my my boy, we sanitize scripture. Jesus was a thug. Like, you can say whatever you want to say. Yeah. I don't belong to this anyway. Mm. And I think... The problem is for us, and I'm going to say, I'm going to speak for me. I'll talk for me because I get it. I got a kid getting ready to go to college. Yeah. So when you start challenging my economic situation, Mm. I get it. I Mm -hmm. pastor, I get it. You know, there are certain creature comforts. There are certain lifestyle amenities that I understand. But honestly, if we're going to be kingdom first, it's going to cost us something. It is. And are we willing to give that up to really see change? I'm, I'm going to let the mic drop right there. Hey, Ralph, for, for the inaugural uh, revelations and explanations with Ralph, <clears throat> you, you put it down today, sir. I thank you for, for being honest and open and sharing your experiences. And I mean, essentially saying, hey, this is this is where we see it. And it's calling calling the spade a spade and being honest with it. And that's what we we do here. So thank you, man, for joining I appreciate you having me, man. Hey, man, we're we going to have some more conversations on this. So for those that have listened in today, please let us know what you think. <clears throat> even if you don't like it, let us know, because even <laughs> the pros and the cons, all of that type of stuff helps helps us to get better and facilitates the conversation. So, uh, again, uh, we thank you for joining. Uh, like, subscribe, review, share. Um, and, and, and I'll say share, man, because I like to to see if people are sharing it and I'll repost other people repost. Uh, your comments. And we hope that this is something that um, you've been having this conversation, maybe around your dinner table or around your church or wherever it is. And this is giving a little bit more light to it. So again, Ralph, thank you for your time today. And uh, for the rest of those, we'll see you after a while.